Ducks fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. All right, welcome back to Ducks and Pucks. We're going to get you guys all caught up on the uh, last week of games. Uh, some injury news, and uh, you know the big hot topic that we're, we're going to discuss is the Coley situation. Of course, everybody wants to talk about Gibson and Anderson and Hudobin and what's going to happen. Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, several fan questions about that situation, but um, let's get back to the uh, the last four games here, Eddie. The uh, the Ducks uh, did really really well. They ended up winning three of the uh, the four games. Uh, they started off against Vancouver and ended up knocking them out uh, for nothing in this game. Yeah, and you saw scoring from across the lineup here, the, the top three lines getting in uh, on the scoring with uh, Horkoff getting in on the action with his uh, with his fourth of the season, and then Cogliano and Hagelin picking up the assists, and uh, you Raquel Stasog picks up his sixth of the season on the power play. Uh, Silverberg gets his second. You know, first, that wasn't in an empty net. Uh, Richie picks up his first uh, career NHL point, too, and and then Corey Perry pots uh, the goal, uh, the last goal of the game, and you know, it was just an all-around good effort. This is what we expected from them. You know, Gibson played a, a great game, got a shutout, uh, and you you just see all all four lines chipping. And even though the the fourth line didn't get on the scoreboard, they, you know, they 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 played their part in, in this game. And you know, we'll see later down uh, when, when Thompson comes back that that they actually start chipping in on the scoring too. But uh, just an all-around good effort from from everybody in this game. Yeah, and I think the key too, Eddie, that uh, you know we'll discuss in this game and some of the other games has been the second and third line in terms of defense and checking. I mean, you look at Richie Kessler and Silverberg, and then of course the newly formed third line with uh, Haglin, Horkoff, and Cagliano, and, and you know both those lines have been shut down lines for the Ducks. And uh, in this game, you, you see them put the clamps down on Vancouver. Both the Sedins do you know basically nothing in this game. I mean, they didn't get an assist, they didn't get a goal, they only got one shot on net. So I mean, they really limited them on their opportunities um, in this game um, and uh, played well overall. Yeah, and, and that's uh, you know really something this team's been known for pretty much all season is is just being great defensively. I mean, all, not not quite yet at, at the elite level of defense like you know some of the teams in this league with. Uh, you know, LA and, and Washington and New York, but they've been playing well lately. They you know they haven't got the the goal scoring to to go along with that or the goaltending at times in the beginning part of the season. But now with Gibson coming up and you know hopefully Freddie coming back, we'll have those two uh, you know being a, being a, a top tandem for us and, and and we'll be able to get going. You know they just got to chip on the offense, but you know like you said, the, having these two lines being able to shut down is the reason we went and picked up a guy like Ryan Kessler and you know brought in Horkoff and and Hagel. You know they're all they're all penalty killers. They can all play on the penalty kill and when you have those guys playing 5 on 5 and and all on the line, you know you use them to shut down other teams top lines and and coming into this game that the Sedins have been playing, you know, uh, lights out hockey and you know, they were coming off a a five point game a couple games ago and you know, this is the type of the type of effort against the elite players that you need, and, and it you know creates space for other other guys like uh, the Corey Perry line and, and even the fourth line at times. So, a great effort. Yeah, and a couple other uh, notes too. You know, the Ducks have been dominating the faceoff. They uh, won in this game, thirty-seven to twenty-three in faceoffs, and they're ranked fifth in the league. You know, after this past week, and they also chipped in on the power play, uh, one for three in this game, which you know the power play. Um, 
after this week sat at uh, 17.5%. But, you know, in, in November it was nearly at 30% after barely doing 10% in October. So the power plays also picked it up as well, Eddie. Yeah, you know, it's out of the bottom. It's 21st league rank now, which is, which is not terrible. And, you know, you bring it up uh, from 17.5 to 18 or 19 uh, with some improved play in, in the next few games, and you'll be sitting around the league average, which is – you know, which is better than where it was to start the season with the penalty kill being so bad. It, it, it's not as bad. I mean, you don't have to have the top power play. Rarely do you see a team have the top power play and the top penalty kill. So just bringing it up to around 15, you know, 15 10 ranked in, in the league will definitely help their chances uh, to win games uh, in, in, you know, in the upcoming games coming up. And then, uh, you know, moving to the next game, uh, Tampa Bay came for the uh, the second, uh, you know, the two games they played. Obviously, the Ducks uh, got blown out in the first one. And this game, the Ducks played well again. You know, they limited Tampa Bay to only 22 shots. Uh, unfortunately, they ended up losing this one 2-1. to one. But, you know, the, the Ducks played a good game. They had 33 shots on net. Bishop, you know, stood tall on net, literally. And, I mean, that was really the difference, I think, in this game, Eddie. Yeah, I mean, he had a great game, and, and he even had a great game in, in, in the first time we played Tampa Bay this season. Obviously, uh, the Ducks didn't, and, and they ended up losing that game 5 nothing. but this was an all-around a, a lot better effort. And, you know, I, again, you don't want to say that the second periods were killing this game. They did score two goals against us, but the Ducks played really well in that second period despite getting scored on twice. They outshot Tampa Bay 16-9. to They got a, a lot of quality chances on, on Ben Bishop, but... You know, he just shut the door, and they, they continued that even into the third period, out shooting them twelve to five, and getting a lot of scoring chances. And you know, hitting the the, the post with a couple seconds left in the game, they they came that cl- uh, close to tying it up. So, I uh, you know, despite the loss, I I think this you know carried on the play from the Vancouver game, and you know they shut down uh, the Stamkos pretty well in this game, and and you know a couple unlucky bounces here and there, and, and the lights up performance from Ben Bishop was was the ultimate you know decider in this game. Yeah, and I think the only other uh, part, unfortunately, was you know the power play for Tampa Bay. They ended up scoring uh, late in the second. That ended up being the game winner, and that was probably the unfortunate part there, Eddie. I mean, you know, as we talked about, the penalty kill has been you know doing so well, and I mean they they killed three out of four in this game, and the uh, penalty kill is still ranked number one in the league, just under ninety percent to eighty-seven and change there. So that was the difference. But uh, the Ducks definitely had chances. Like you mentioned, the late opportunity in the final seconds to tie it. And uh, the Ducks could have got a point out of this one, but I definitely like the play. As you mentioned, Stamkos got shut down after he ran wild in the first uh, game that they played. So uh, even though it was a loss, um, still a good performance. And, and you know, nothing to, to hang their heads about. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay plays them tough, and uh, the overall performance from this one wasn't too bad. Yeah, and you know they they took that into to the game against San Jose, and you know we mentioned in the last podcast that the two most important games this week were going to be San Jose uh, and Vancouver, and you know they picked up the, the the win against Vancouver, obviously, you know losing in Tampa Bay. This game, you know, is all that more important uh, with the Pacific Division standings the way they are, and being able to pick up any points against these teams is going to be important at, at, even this early in the season. And, you know, a typical game from what we've seen from the Ducks and Sharks so far in this season, finishing one nothing with a, a third period goal by the by the fourth line, and you know, not a lot of chances in this game, but another great performance from John Gibson. Yeah, another close uh, game. You know, they've all been shutouts uh, so far. Three games so far. Uh, San Jose getting the first shutout, and then the Ducks getting the last two. And, you know, they, they continue to play well on this homestand. You know, uh, Nate Thompson finally came back, was in the lineup, 
played well. You could see, uh, you know, the difference on that fourth line, as you talked about, uh, with Santarelli and Stewart. Um, you know, he ended up getting an assist on the uh, the game-winning goal, the only goal there. But uh, Nate Thompson has been a welcomed, you know, return uh, coming back. Um, he's added a little bit on the offense and, as always, is good in the face-off circle, good defensively as well. So it's worked out, and, you know, we'll talk about in the next game. He, he comes up big in that one too, Eddie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Brujo said well, one thing this game, too. He said they played great. You know, Gibson played well. They did all the fundamental things right. But they just they, he thought they could have scored more goals, and he just said they're, they're a bit of snake bit this year in goal scoring. And, you know, that seems to be the, the consensus among the team is, you know, that they're doing everything right. They're getting the chances. It's just a lot of times they hit the post or they just miss or, you know, uh, they don't get the lucky bounces that they're looking for. And you, know, you don't always want to rely on luck for sure, but – yeah, more more than often this season, there's a lot of chances where you know it just kind of rung off the post. You know, like we mentioned in the Tampa game where they they could have tied it, and, and you know they fan on the puck or they don't get all on it, and you know it just seems that it's a matter of time before they get the goal scoring. But either way, in, in this game, you know, getting the win, getting the two points uh, against a Pacific Division team is is all they really could have wanted. Yeah, like we talked about in these last three games, they had to win these two uh, games, Vancouver and San Jose, in regulation, which they did, and they climbed back. You know, they're currently tied, um, I guess you would say fourth place, but in terms of points, they're, they're currently third right now, uh, including the you know the game that they won against Pittsburgh, obviously. So um, they're climbing back, and defense has definitely been a key. I mean, Gibson's been very good in net for sure, but again, in this game, Eddie, the Ducks only gave up 23 shots to the Sharks. Yeah, and it's been one of their high points this this season. Is it's not allowing a lot of shots on goal, and you know they're they're one of the best defensive teams in the league. And you know being able to back that up with a good penalty kill team, it just makes you want to a team where you know team <laughs> the hot scores come in and they don't want to play or they don't want to end their streak. I mean, you you see a guy like if we were playing Chicago tomorrow, I'm sure Patrick Kane wouldn't want to come up the Ducks in the way they're playing defensively right now and, and the goaltending that they're getting. I mean, they they scare offensive players uh, uh, out of their form and. I think you just got to add some goal scoring to this, and hopefully we're seeing some more of that lately. They're, they're going to get back to where we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and, and speaking of getting back, you know, uh, Pittsburgh came to town, and, and Pittsburgh's another East Coast team that's sometimes given the Ducks uh, a hard time when they played. And this game, uh, it looked like Pittsburgh uh, started out, you know, that they were going to play well and, and, and maybe win this game. They got an early goal, you know, just three minutes into the game. They took the the one nothing lead. Um, the Ducks appeared to tie the game on a power play uh, goal by Raquel, which ended up being called back, and, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, I like the way that the Ducks responded after that, Eddie. You know, uh, Perry getting a goal. Stewart, who's been picked up his play tremendously. Again, another assist from Nate Thompson. And the Ducks pulled this one out 2-1 to one despite, you know, going down early one nothing and getting a, a goal called back. Yeah, and you saw Perry score his third goal in his past four games, and I mean he's been lights out against Pittsburgh too. He's got twelve goals in, in twelve games against Pittsburgh uh, in, in his career. But uh, yeah, I you know finally a, a good second period. You know, responding after uh, not a great start, and obviously Mata getting that goal early. Uh, they came out of the first period with a with a one nothing deficit, and you know getting that getting the game tied within the first minute of the second period was big, and and you saw the effort and and the play pick up in the second period, and. You get the the fourth line chipping in for for a second game winning uh, goal in, in as many games, so it, it's nice to see all the line, the, uh, the lines contributing and Gibson again with a, another performance. I mean, we all remember the the last game against he played against Pittsburgh to start the season and uh, last year where they lost six to two. So a, a good rebound for him in his hometown. 
Yeah, definitely a redemption game for him against uh, his hometown team. And, you know, I do like the way the Ducks came back in this game, Eddie, because we've talked about this before. They <laughs> got down one nothing, appeared to tie the game, which, uh, you know, we'll talk about this. Everybody went nuts over this no-goal call. But what I what I did like is the fact that the call went, went against the Ducks, but more importantly, the way the Ducks responded, you didn't see them going over to the refs and complaining and getting all upset. Instead, they just came out and played their game and ended up doing what they needed to do. And I think that was huge because we've seen this before where a, a controversial call, call goes against the Ducks and they kind of lose their cool and they lose their focus and, and it you know deteriorates their play uh, throughout the game. But for them to keep level heads in this one and come back and win despite that call, that, that mean, that's just huge. It shows a, a lot of maturity on the team. Yeah, and it shows the progress they've been making too. I mean, a lot of times early on in the season, we would have thought a play like that, and I think we've even seen a play like that where you know it's gone against them and they've kind of not recovered from that. And you know, it was a close call, and it, I mean, it was the right call in the end. And, and a lot of people were saying there was an overhead view that they got to see, which you know was conclusive and it determined that it actually was offside. But we've been seeing it more often, and even in the game yesterday, there was a, at least one or two of them called back because of offside. Uh, and, you know, I don't love the call. I, I like definitely like goaltend- the the challenge for goaltender interference. Uh, but the offside thing just kind of, seems to be kind of delayed. You know, I mean, how many how much time could really go by before they can go back and and call it offside? You know, if they get into the zone and, and there's pressure for a minute and a half and they score, um, you could challenge it and say the initial play was offside. It just seems a little bit, you know, a little bit off in, in the rule. And you know, I'm all for the goaltender interference, but I think this is something they should definitely take a look at. You know, and I agree with you on that one, Eddie. Uh, I, I think part of the problem is is how long after the offsides goes, you know, because like you said, you could be on a power play and the attacking team could be in the zone for a full minute, score a goal, and then, you know, the opposing coach decides to go, okay, I'm going to challenge it and then go back. And, uh, you know, then you got to look at the time, how much time's on the clock, and what's going on. I mean, it just it creates a lot of problems. And, you know, the other thing that was kind of funny, too, at least in the Ducks game, is you have the ref out there looking at it looked like an iPad mini or something similar to that, and it's it's like, come on, are we really going to review this on a you know a four inch by six inch screen? I mean, you'd think that they would use something bigger. I mean, I know there's bigger ones out there, so I mean, that kind of made things worse. As, as I know, when I was at the game, a lot of people were getting upset uh, about that. But um, in terms of the cameras at the stadium for at least the Ducks, you know, I don't know about all the other arenas, but I was talking to Phil Hewitt about this. There are three cameras that are underneath the scoreboard, and he, he doesn't have a photo of it, but Phil told me that there is a video of it showing the overhead and the puck was offside. So the call was made, and it, it ended up being correct. But like you said, it kind of muddies the waters. I mean, we are talking about goalie interference it affects the direct play. It affects the goalie and the player, or or, or a nearby player and the puck going in the net. This is, it's it is kind of uh, frustrating because, as you said, you don't know how long after an offsides they're going to call a uh, challenge. Yeah, and exactly. And I, I mean, I don't think it's something they're talking about at the the board of governors meeting uh, this year. It's more so three on three and a couple other issues, but. Uh, it's something that I think they'll eventually look at. I know that um, there's a lot of people up in, in the media with you know, Sportsnet, TSN, and, and I'm sure in NHL Network and NBC and other sports networks in the U.S. that there's a lot of people skeptical about the rule and, and how much time can go by or how much time should go by before you can, you know, go back and, and look at the play. And you know, it might not be something that they focus on this season, but definitely, you know, in the next season's coming up, I'm sure they'll look at it. 
Yeah, exactly. It's going to be something that I think it's going to be talked about for at least the rest of the season because, you know, there'll be more plays like this. Um, now, getting to the Ducks as far, in terms of the team, uh, you know, the NHL came out with their uh, three stars of the week, and the number one star this week was John Gibson uh, with his uh, goals against a .75 and uh, save percentage of uh, nine six eight, uh, and, of course, the two shutouts. So his well-deserved uh, recognition, Eddie. But with that has come all the rumors and all the craziness uh, we've seen posted all over social media. So we figured this is the time to try to, you know, talk about it. But on TSN's uh, Insider Trading Show, they had uh, Dreger on there, and he talked about the Ducks and basically said that the word on the street, uh, to quote him, is that Hudobin and Anderson uh, could be available. So, you know, given the situation now, we've seen Gibson play, and he's done extremely well. And uh, obviously Dreger talking about this because, you know, we don't like to throw rumors out to throw them out there, but this is obviously a legitimate source. So what do you think in terms of, you know, trade value if the Ducks were to trade uh, Anderson and Hudobin, uh, you know, what, what teams? I mean, I know they mentioned Montreal, and, you know, they got the price situation going on there, but uh, what do you think? Yeah, you know, it's no surprise that the, the rumors have come about, and, you know, we've, we've heard them all season, but with, you know, Freddie playing poorly to start and, and Hudobin not playing so well, but now with Gibson coming up and, you know, in, in the last four games, he's posted a goals against average under one and a safe percentage of point nine six eight and two shutouts to, to boot and you know it takes a lot to to overthrow you know Shea Weber who had a hat trick and, and Mike Camilleri who had seven points in that week uh, as first start of the week and you know he he thoroughly deserved it and you know when when you hear these rumors come from from a guy like Darren Dreger and and, and you know the, the prestige that comes along with his name you know you you have to listen to it and. And, you know, a lot of sources you've heard mostly from Twitter and you know, not reliable sources, but when you hear it come from him, there's there's definitely some merit behind it. I don't think they're heavily shopping uh, their goaltenders right now. I, I think they're testing the waters, seeing what they could get for it. Uh, the market isn't a goalie market this year. There's not a lot of teams looking for a goalie. Um, more so that uh, you know there'd be teams looking for Freddie Anderson as more than Hudobin and. I mean, I, I I would think that they'd be reluctant to deal him, even with the play of John Gibson, just because, uh, you know, then you go with Gibson and Hudobin, and, and then Matt Hackett, I believe, is, is the only guy after that if anybody gets injured. And, you know, if Gibson goes down with injury and, and you deal Freddie away, you've got Hudobin as your starter for however long he's out. So I think they'll be reluctant unless the, the offer they get is, is going to improve the team, you know, immensely, a, a scoring winger, a top two defenseman, something. Because he's definitely worth it if they end up dealing him, but you know it'll be tough to see. Uh, I, I said from the beginning when when Gibson got caught up, uh, got called up. No matter how well he does, I still think he's going to get sent down. Just because I, I don't know how reluctant or, or how willing they are to deal any of the goalies, but we'll have to see. I mean, I don't think anybody thought he was going to play this well. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you look at the situation now, there's really three options that the Ducks can do. The first would be you send Gibson back down. We go back to the status quo, Anderson number one, Doba number two. Uh, kind of the easy way, and that's kind of what you and I were thinking would happen a week ago, and we still think it may happen later on. Um, option two is you, you keep Gibson up, you, you ride the hot hand, you know, Gibson for now, and then if Anderson gets hot or however it goes, and then you send Hudobin down to waivers, which, you know, then you run the risk of like the Wagner situation, and Murray got burned on that, so I, I don't know if they'd want to do that. And then obviously the last choice would be is you trade Hudobin or Anderson. And I don't know. I think it's a tough sell. I, I, I don't see them really trading him. I mean, it, it could happen. But, 
Um, you know, I think the return is going to have to be pretty good. Uh, that's what Dreger said, too, as far as Anderson. I mean, it's going to have to be something decent. I, I just don't see the Ducks uh, doing that right away, uh, like you said, because if uh, Hudobin's there with Gibson, then that's all you got. I mean, it's like it's almost like you need another goalie because somebody's going to have to go down to San Diego. So there's got to be one guy. So whether it's they send Gibson back or Hudobin, it, it's got to be one or the other if they don't make a move, don't you think, Eddie? Yeah, and, and you know the teams he mentioned specifically that could have interests are, are Calgary and, and Montreal, and obviously Montreal would be more so interested in the guy like Hudobin. They wouldn't have to pay as much. Uh, just they're looking for a guy that, that they could you know either start or back up Condon while Price is out for the next couple of weeks with injury. So there's no way I, they'd be involved for Freddie. They'd have to give up somebody that they, they wouldn't want to um, with the way they're playing right now. And e- even with that, I think they're, they're still going to give Tokarski the test as a backup and see how he does um, and, and just try and wait it out. Uh, until Price comes back. I mean, they're in a good position right now, sitting top in the Eastern Conference. They don't have to make any moves. But, uh, you know, Calgary is an interesting one. Obviously, Jonas Hiller is still there, and Kari Rommel is there, and they're a team that a lot of people expected to to regress from last year, but not this much and, and not be this poor um, defensively, especially in goaltending. And, you know, they've allowed 96 goals against uh, this year, which is worst in the league. And, you know, it, it's tough to say. I mean, they, they would definitely be in for, for Freddie Anderson, but... I mean, the return that you would ask for them, they don't really want to give up any of the young players that they have. And, you know, the veterans they do have, there's there's one that stands out in Yuri Hoodler, but he is a UFA, so it'd be tough for the Ducks to re-sign him in, in the first place. So, you know, the, the working on a trade there, I think, would be hard. So, you know, other than that, there's not too many teams looking for a starting goalie. Most teams have their guy and or have a guy in mind. So, I mean, making a deal is going to be tough. And then I don't think uh, Anderson get, gets moved. If anybody does, it, it's definitely going to be Hudobin. Yeah, I think you're right on that, too. Uh, I, I would think Hudobin would get moved. And we've mentioned other names before, you know, of other players that, you know, as far as uh, getting moved, like maybe Patrick Maroon we talked about, especially now with Nate Thompson back and him playing so well. So, I mean, there could be some kind of a deal a uh, package deal maybe those two uh, you know to another team for somebody but i think it's really hard uh to, you know to see anderson go i think they're definitely testing the waters but as far as uh, something happening soon i, I don't see it I, I really think that the ducks are gonna uh, roll with three goalies for a little while um gibson's still in the last year of his entry contract so he can go down whenever that's not going to be an issue so uh i think it, we're gonna have to see it play out uh, you know, unfortunately, the Ducks' schedule doesn't really help Eddie because uh, we have Carolina coming to town, and and then you know they don't play for almost a whole another week. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see because uh, we're, we're not really going to see a lot of action or or, or see if there's going to be much of a difference. It, it looks like from some of the reports we've seen that Gibson's going to go again on Friday. Uh, against Carolina, which isn't a surprise. Obviously, we expect him to go. So that's going to be the situation there. But, uh, you know, I, I would see them probably go with the three goalies for a little while unless a really, really good deal comes uh, Murray's way, Eddie. Yeah, I, I mean, one rumor that's been mentioned around is a guy that the Ducks could be looking for. Obviously, they're, they're in need of goal scoring. And you know, there's not too many UFAs. Um, that are that are coming up this year that are that are worth going for. I mean, Ocposo is a guy in the in the, in the Islanders that he could be available, but the fact that you know they're fourth in, in the East right now and they they're looking to make the playoffs, uh, really do you see a guy 
uh, get moved from a team like that. So I think the only other option and a guy that I think would work perfectly on the Ducks uh, is Louis Erickson from from the Boston Bruins. And you know he's a UFA coming up this season. He's done really well for them. He's done great on the power play. Uh, he'd, he'd provide a boost to the power play for the Ducks. He'd pr- provide a boost to you know the top six as well. Um, it all depends on I think where they are um, in the standings. Come you know closer to the trade deadline is when you would expect them to pick him up and and what they'd be looking for. It'd be a cheaper option than say you know Jeff Skinner or, or Jordan Eberle, where you know they've got term on their contracts and they'd be looking for you know a Vatnin, a Fowler, something like that. So I, I think he'd be the best option, and you might be able to get away with. Uh, you know, Maroon and, and Hudobin for, for Ericsson, and I, I think, you know, that would be the best option for them. Um, but, you know, with the goalies coming up, it's pretty much just wait and see. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we're just going to have to monitor the situation and see. I, I don't see anything solid out there. I, I think, like you said earlier, that Murray's looking to see what kind of return there is now. And, uh, you know, maybe as we get closer to the trade deadline, we'll see what happens then. But I, I would think that he would, you know, just test the water smartly, see what other teams are looking at. But it, like you said, the market out there is tough. Not a lot of people are looking for goalies right now. So um, it, it's just going to be a situation that we're going to have to wait. I mean, if I was in Murray's shoes, I'd be kind of stressed out because, I mean, you've got three goalies right now, and you got to figure it out. You can't have all th- – I mean, you could have all three, I guess, the whole season if you wanted to. But, I mean, people don't really do that. So that's not really practical because you, you need to have the extra defenseman and extra forward, especially, uh, you know, going down the stretch run. So something's going to happen. Uh, I, would, I would think that they would send Gibson down later eventually. If they don't, then I would think that they would send down Hudobin and and risk the waivers that's just kind of what i see and, and unless there's some kind of really awesome deal eddie yeah exactly but you know then you risk the chance of, of i mean you're not going to get a great return for hudobin in, in the first place but you send him through waivers yeah you might then see a team like montreal take a chance on him and and give him a, a chance to play as backup until price gets back and you know, you could see a team you know, edmonton or any, any of those teams are, are more willing to take a chance on a goalie um, especially a Fudobin who who could have a really good game, could have a really bad game. You know, he's more of a, a, a low risk, high reward if he's on waivers than he is if you're gonna have to trade a draft pick or, you know, package some players uh, on the Ducks side for you know for a UFA or something like that. So I think if you put him on waivers, you definitely risk the chance of him going away for free, and you know you you lose uh, any kind of trading piece you could have at, at the trade deadline. Yeah, you're right, and and that's the risk. And and like we said before, we saw what happened with Wagner. And now he's scoring goals in Colorado. So, you know, if Hudobin goes to another team, and and plays decent, and then now the goals are a little bit shortchanged because we've got Anderson and Gibson, then that's going to be an issue too. So, you know, I'm glad I'm not the GM. That's all I got to say about this because you know this is a situation that. We really didn't think was going to happen, uh, you know. I mean, who knew that you know Anderson was going to get so ill to the point where he couldn't even eat? Um, that's what's been going on with Freddie. Um, you know, getting to all the injury uh, updates now. Um, Anderson was the backup in the game against uh, Pittsburgh, and it looks like he'll be the backup in the game against Carolina. Um, you know, it, it, he's close to a hundred percent, so we may see him in that following week and that uh, the game uh, the following Thursday after that. But uh, that's his situation now. We also know that um, Yuri Sekach skated and not just skated on his own, but skated with the team and did contact as well. 
Um, so he may be back. I don't know if he'll be back on Friday against Carolina, but I, I would think if not, then he has a really good chance to be back the following week. Uh, you know, this this weird schedule kind of helps the Ducks in, in terms of this, uh, you know, that they get some injury um, relief, but they were playing well too. So, you know, it's a catch-22 with this time off. But uh, the only other update is uh, Simone Dupre. We really don't know when he's going to be back. He's had the concussion issues, and he hasn't been skating, which he was before. So that's un- very unfortunate. Um, you know, if you remember the Barry hit that he he took uh, to the head, uh, and he's had some you know head and neck uh, you know issues dealing with that, Eddie. But that's where we're at in terms of the injury news, and we'll just have to see what happens. Uh, hopefully, the guys recover uh, during this uh, break, Eddie, because they got a long break here, uh, two games, you know, in like ten days. Yeah, and you know that might be uh, beneficial to them, like you said, with with some of these guys still out, being able to get them all back and and having these days off, and, and just to practice the system and, and you know work on what's gone right over the last four games. You know, even losing to Tampa Bay, they still played good, like we said. So, you know, focus on what they've done right. Uh, you know, try to try to work on some goal scoring, get the power play going, and and then uh, just use this time well to you know to get going and and, and figure out what, what you're going to do because you got the a game on the road uh, or you got the last game at home coming up and then you got four games on the road uh going to to pretty much going to the metro division so you know their road record hasn't been that great this season so this time off might be beneficial yeah and they talked about it too one of the practice reports that i had posted that they had worked on the three on three for a majority of the time and it looks like that's what they're going to do again this week, which, you know, obviously it served them well. We talked about that. You know, they've gone into the three-on-three session six times, uh, lo- losing four of them, and then two of them going to shootouts, winning and losing one. So the uh, the overtime has not been kind to the Ducks. So I, I think it's important that they do focus on that. And I think, like you said, the defense has been there. The penalty kill is still number one in the league. Ducks are fifth in uh, face-off. So, you know, everything is starting to click. They just need to get a little bit more scoring, Eddie. Yeah, and, and you know they've you you gotta look at the you know the the standings as well, and look at how lucky they've been over the last few games that these teams above them have been struggling. I mean, Arizona's lost five games in a row, and and San Jose's lost four games in a row. I'm, I mean, they're they're back in in this race now just because of how poor those teams have been doing. Uh, you know, you you got the teams on the bottom now creeping up behind you with both Calgary and Edmonton having won three in a row. So you can't slip up here. The Ducks got to keep going from here. Carolina's a game that you should win. Um, and then you got to prepare for for a road trip against some pretty good teams coming up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a, it's a logjam in the Pacific. You've got San Jose and Vancouver. Uh, you know, as of the time of this broadcast, are uh, twenty eight points apiece. Uh, Arizona and Anaheim twenty seven apiece, and then Calgary and Edmonton twenty four apiece. So, kind of like we talked about in the last podcast, this uh, season is is going to come down to you know maybe the final weeks of March or the early weeks of April uh, in terms of who's going to be where because uh, other than the Kings being up top, I mean anywhere from two to seven could be a complete flip flop, Eddie. Yeah, and you know you're most likely not going to get a shot at, at a wild card with how good the uh, the central is this year. So you're going to have to hope that you get into that top three in, in the Pacific Division. And you know, the, the, like I said, uh, they've been beneficiaries of, of, of poor play from the teams above them, and you know, they got to keep it going. Uh, I mean, imagine if they had a one you know, one or two of those games against the, the Coyotes this season, they'd be sitting in a little bit better position. But you know, you can't think about that. They got to keep going and. They've got a, an East Road trip coming up, which uh, which they got to think about. 
Yeah, exactly. And the uh, only other real news uh, coming up uh, is the World Junior Championships are coming up the end of uh, December. It looks like uh, Natanen, uh, Larson, and uh, Peterson are going to uh, make it. Uh, they haven't finalized uh, the uh, roster yet, at the t- again, at, at the time that we're doing this recording. But it uh, looks like there's going to be three guys in there. Um, it's going to start uh, December 26th to go through the beginning of uh, January. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be televised here or not. I know you'll probably get it up there in Canada, but uh, that's just something to keep your uh, eyes out on and, and look for reports on. You know, uh, a lot of these players are going to be in the NHL in the next coming years, and uh, it's more—it's just more hockey stuff to enjoy uh, over the holiday season, Eddie. Yeah, and you know, the usually the favorites are the, the U.S. and Canada in a competition like this. Uh, I mean, you're taking the, the best players from. The uh, Canadian Hockey League that usually come up and, and play for each team, and even uh, the U.S. The, the U.S. Dependent Hockey League. So, uh, I, I think uh, it, it's always a good tournament. And you know, watching the Ducks players come up, uh, Notton has been you know one of the best players in Barry this year on, on a really good team. And you, know, you could see him playing on the line uh, with the two projected top uh, finish draft picks for this draft coming up. So, I think uh, that will be something to watch. It'll be a team to watch for sure. And you know, just seeing some of these guys play, even you know, the two defensemen coming up, if they make the team for Sweden, it's always nice to see uh, you know, these guys play. And you know, like last year, we watched Richie play in uh, in the World Junior. So it, you know, it's always a fun tournament to watch and, and watch some future NHLers play. And the uh, only other real news uh, out there, uh, kind of some big news for the NHL, was uh, Pascal Dupuy, uh, you know, the place for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He ended up uh, actually uh, sadly ending his career. Uh, due to blood clot situation, Eddie, which is you know unfortunate. Uh, you know, some of you guys know that uh, the Penguins are another team that I kind of like to follow, but uh, it, it's just a sad situation to see. Uh, you know, he was dealing with uh, blood thinners and trying to play the season, and uh, you know they've been Pittsburgh's been dealing with the uh, Latang situation too. So now they have this, and uh, it's just unfortunate. You know, I, I just wish him well, and uh, you know, I hope he gets uh, all the treatment that he needs, Eddie. Yeah, it's it's disappointing, and, and you know we've seen that uh, he struggled with it last year and earlier this year too. And I mean, I'm sure he didn't take this decision lightly. It's got to be difficult to to have to retire. I mean, he's not a, a young guy, but to have to retire probably two or three years earlier than you you would want to, uh, you know, it's definitely disappointing. And and you know, I, everybody wishes him the best. And uh, for us, uh, in terms of December, it's going to be kind of a light month. Obviously, there's not as many games, so there won't be as much coverage. Uh, we're also not going to have any watch parties to my knowledge, uh, this month, uh, just cause of the holiday season, I know everybody's planning their events and doing things and whatnot. So we'll probably have some more coming up in January. Uh, one other thing we are doing is on the, uh, the store website, dnphockey.com. Uh, now through Christmas, if you buy any shirts, I have a whole bunch of, uh, ducks player cards, past and present. Uh, so if you end up buying any T-shirts, um, for every shirt you buy, you will get a NHL Ducks player card. It could be Solani, Niedermeyer, uh, Jaguar. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of cards that I've, I've purchased a whole bunch uh, recently. And so it's just kind of something that I wanted to do. So if you get a chance, go on there and check it out. Um, whatever shirt that you buy or shirts that you buy, there'll be some cards in the packages for you too. So look for that, and uh, we'll keep you guys updated when uh, more stuff happens. Thanks for listening. 